questions for you. A lot of criticism of the free market is not unique to the free market, for example. There is greed and there is dog-eat-dog competition and it can disrupt and disorder and there's no guarantee of my safety. Mm -hmm. Well, that all applies tenfold to the state because you can't stop data funding them and they have no competition. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's anything that uniquely applies negatively to the free market that justifies the existence of a state? I really don't think there is. I really don't think there is. I... I, um... I'm, I tend to believe that states are kind of inevitable in that there's always going to be an organization with a comparative advantage in violence, which is, is kind of the way that my advisor defined a state when I was in graduate school. But I don't think it's necessary. Um, sort of like the song in, in uh, The Sound of Music where the girl's singing, anything you can do, I can do better. I would say anything states can do, markets do better. Um, and I don't think the state is necessary for any of the problems that we uh, any of the problems that we that we that we want to fix or any of the problems that we want to solve um, i think the last four years have been a really nice illustration of the difference between between the market and the state um, when you consider the administration of, of, of donald trump and a lot of people are horrified at donald trump as just a, just a, a crass human being who is just is an opportunist? I mean, assume for the sake the sake of argument that everything everybody says about Trump is is right. That he's he's the worst of the worst. Okay, well, would you would you prefer a world in which he's doing suspect real estate deals in New Jersey and New York to a world in which he has his finger on the nuclear button? And I think the answer is yes. I would much rather Donald Trump be confine his 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 uh, confine his efforts to to trying to make money in the real estate market rather than trying to make America great again by pursuing all sorts of boneheaded policies like immigration restrictions and uh, uh, tariffs. In your book, Political Philosophy and Introduction, and in your book, Why Not Capitalism, you mentioned this excellent book, uh, The Problem of Political Authority, an examination of the right to coerce and the duty to obey by Michael Humer. What what is so important about uh, this book? Yeah, that is one of my favorite books. Uh, So one of the main questions in political philosophy is what, if anything, justifies government? And in particular, governments claim to have two special moral powers, which I use, I'm going to use different words than the ones he uses. I call them legitimacy and authority. Legitimacy refers to a supposed governmental power to create and enforce rules within over a certain geographic area against certain people. So governments are a proper subset of a society which claim the right to have monopoly power in coercively enforcing rules. That's what they are. So what makes government legitimate, if anything? Why would it have the right to create these rules? Why would it be allowed to enforce rules that others cannot? Authority is another purported power of government, where to have authority is to have something like um, a power to impose another as an obligation to obey. So if I say to you right now, you may not smoke marijuana, you don't think you have any obligation to follow my orders, right? I'm like, I order you not to smoke pot. You're like, who are you? You don't, I don't have to listen to you. But when governments order us not to smoke pot, most people believe that we acquire an obligation not to do it in virtue of government issuing that order. So it's really perplexing. Why would government have legitimacy? Why would it have authority? And what Mike does in that book is very carefully goes through you know, a couple thousand years of arguments trying to show that governments have authority and legitimacy. And it's amazing how bad these arguments are. It's like basically they all fail. You know, so the argument that you get in high, like in middle school that your teachers tell you is, well, 
government has authority because you consent to government. And it's like, no, you don't. There's no interesting, there's no plausible interpretation of the relationship between you and your government under which it's consent. Um, they'll make other kinds of arguments as well. So Mike very carefully goes through and shows that none of these arguments work. He then gives us a psychological diagnosis about why we might believe in government authority, even though we don't have any good arguments on its behalf. And that's the first half. The first half just basically shows we don't have any reason to believe in authority or legitimacy. The second half then asks, is anarchism feasible? So if we don't have reason to believe in authority or legitimacy, what about the alternative, anarchism? And Mike says, look, we don't know if it would work. Maybe it would be a disaster. But he gives us some grounds for thinking empirically that it would work better than people think. A lot of the things they think would happen under anarchy, just it's not as bad as they think. Um, and some other books you might read on that, if you're interested in anarchism, um, there's a book called Anarchy Unbound, which is a nice kind of case study in uh, how anarchism is actually, I think the subtitle is Why Anarchism Works Better Than You Think. And another book by uh, Edward Stringham called Private Governance, where he points out that as a matter of fact, this is an empirical claim, most of the government or governance, the rule enforcing that protects your rights in your own life is not done by government. It's done through extra legal channels. It's incredible that he can be so skeptical about market failure, but doesn't hold those same principles to the state. So uh, people don't have tons of information in the market, so they make bad decisions. What are people omniscient about politics and politicians? Of course. Well, there's greed in the marketplace. <laughs> there's greed in politics. Do you see anything that uniquely applies to the mar to the free market in a unique way that uh, negative and unique to the market that doesn't apply to the state tenfold, considering you can't opt out of funding them and they don't have competitors? Well, let's see. That's a tough question. It's a good one. Uh, let me come back to that in just a minute. So, I mean, here's what was uh, very revealing to me about Paul Krugman. Now, Tyler Cowen did an interview with him, and Tyler was able to actually ask him some really hard questions about why exactly would you think the government would do well? And here's the thing. Paul Krugman doesn't think the governments do well. <laughs> when you actually get him on, on, on that topic, he's like, yeah, this government really screwed up, really screwed up. And Tyler actually had what to me is the million dollar question of like, you're, you're like, you're, you're very partisan, Paul. You're very, you really hate the Republicans. You really like the Democrats. And yet if we look at a bunch of states where that have one party democratic rule, you're not happy with what they've done. So dude, what gives, right? And Paul did not dodge the question. He did have some thoughts that weren't satisfactory, but he did acknowledge the issue. And he even went and said, yeah, well, you know, in like your one party democratic states, then you wind up getting a lot of good old boys clubs basically, and they're kind of, they're corrupt and they don't really worry about pleasing voters anymore. And sometimes you'll get a pragmatic Republican governor in the Northeast and that works out kind of maybe better, but no, let's not quite say that, but that was the gist of it. So, I mean, it, I mean, to me, it really comes down to like at a core level, can you just say, like, I just think I, I just think that government is going to mess it up, or is it just a matter of it's messed it up a bunch of times, but there's no general lesson? Or in other words, you know, like I think for someone like Paul Krugman, he's happy to admit the government has screwed up a bunch of times, but doesn't want to draw the lesson of we should expect government to keep screwing up in similar ways in the future. So he wants to think of that as sort of accidental. So you know, for him, government failure is more accidental; it just happened. Whereas market failure is systematic; it's the way the system works. And if you were to say, yeah, well, it's the way the government works too. In a way, it would just be very hard for him to deal with that, and he does dodge that. But he's not blind. So, like, he's a super smart guy. 
Right? And again, when you frame it in the right way, then he does actually acknowledge things that you might be surprised he acknowledges. So I mean, that was one of my favorite encounters. Well, I mean, I wasn't there, but you know, favorite expressions of his well, the way that he thinks. In terms of problems that markets have that governments don't have ten times over, let's see. I guess I mean, like the, the the probably the best answer is you know, uh, the problem of getting of of the transactions costs. So you I know, mean, key thing about markets is to make things happen. You've got to get people to agree. And sometimes that is so expensive that there's just no way to get it to accomplish it. And government basically has the ability to pull out a gun and saying, you know, we're going to save a lot of money on a negotiation now because we're just going to do it my way. Shut up. All right. Now that causes a bunch of other problems, but it does save on negotiation costs. All right. I'll give that one to you. But um, but for the same reason, we wouldn't say, you know, Negotiation costs are high, therefore the Koch brothers have the right to initiate aggression against peaceful yes, yes. people to lower them. Well, we shouldn't give it to Doug Ducey or Donald Trump either. Yeah, yeah I mean, I agree, but uh, still, yeah. that's the kind of thing I would point to. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for... I'll often ask people, uh, if I don't like what Olive Garden's doing and I go there, can I stop working there or going there? Or what if I do the same with Walmart? And people look at me and say, obviously, of course, you have the right to stop funding them. However, when it comes to government services, people don't extend that same courtesy. Uh, how is it that people have been um, tricked or uh, people understand government to be held to a total different moral standard than all other organizations? Yeah, well, in general, you know, I, I work a great length on political psychology, and uh, you know, a lot of my work is on thinking about what political psychology tells us about the justification of democracy and voting behavior. And in general, you, what what political psychologists find is that most people don't really have an ideology; they don't really have strong political beliefs. And the people who do, for most of them, it's kind of a, a post hoc rationalization where the model is almost like. Uh, this would be sort of personal to me. It's like, you're an Irish guy from Northern Massachusetts. Irish guys from Northern Massachusetts tend to vote Democrat, not because there's anything special about the Democrats helping them, but just because that's what people like us do in the same way that like you, you root for the Patriots if you're from the Boston area, right? Um, and then a small percentage of those people will then post hoc rationalize that they agree with the beliefs of their party. Mm. So I think when you look at what people believe about politics, you can't really get too excited by that. It's it's not the purpose of, as Robin Hanson would say, the purpose of politics is not policy. Politics is not about policy. People's political beliefs are not about describing how they think the world really works or should work. It's rather we use our political beliefs in the same way that we use these t-shirts. It's a way of showing certain people that I'm on their side and I'm part of their coalition. So yeah, you know, the fact that there's an inconsistency in most people's beliefs is not surprising because they're not using those beliefs to form a rational theory about the world. They're using them for another social purpose. Uh, but you're right, there is, a, there is a huge tension there in that the reasons that people give on against monopoly, against especially mandatory monopoly, why would it be bad if Walmart were the only retailer and you would be forced to, to shop at Walmart? If there were no permission to have competition, they're going to give you some account for that. And if you ask them the same question, well, why doesn't your anti-monopoly argument apply to government? They're, it's, they're going to give you, it's not clear how they overcome that. 
Um, the main thing that they're going to say, of course, is, well, we have to have a monopoly on violence. Violence is different. Governments enforce the rules with violence. And if we had competition, what, what that would mean is that we'd have warring factions on the street constantly fighting. Police force A and police force B would be shooting each other to try to maintain dominance. Um, and so, you know, is that true? Well, again, I think you would look at that book, Anarchy Unbounds by Peter Leeson and uh, Mike Humer's book, uh, The Problem of Political Authority, to give you an account of why this view of anarchy is probably not right. That anarchism would not mean just constant violence on the streets between warring factions and gangs. A lot sure. of criticism of the free market, you'll hear things like, well, there's corruption and there's greed and people don't have a lot of information, so they often get manipulated. The problem with virtually all of these criticisms is they apply tenfold to government intervention because you can't opt out of it and they don't face competitors to which you can go to if you're not satisfied with the product or service. Do you see that there's any uh, unique criticism of the free market that doesn't also apply to socialism or the state? No, what would that be? And I mean, the, the corruption thing, definitely. I mean, if you have to go to 11 bureaucrats to start a business or get your permit or your license requirement. That's 11 bureaucrats who can force you to pay bribes to do it. And that's one of the biggest problems in many poor countries. You know, when I go, uh, when I've been to Kenya, uh, people tell me in the slums that they have a saying that it's not safe to carry cash around here because there are too many policemen. <laughs> and the policemen, they see, oh, you got a store here. Would be sad if something happened to that, eh? You don't have a permit, right? So just pay up. So the fewer restrictions and regulations, the fewer opportunities for, for corruption. Well, is there anything unique you can say about the problems of free markets that doesn't apply to it? They would have to be more, I think, psychological. It would have to be something about, are we overwhelmed with choice? Uh, perhaps we don't want as much freedom as we have in a uh, more open economy. Perhaps it's better if someone tells us what to do. And I think there are some uh, intellectuals who are trying to make make that argument. Well, we have Cass Sunstein, who wrote the book Nudge, who says, yeah, uh, unfortunately, people have too much choice and it's the role of the state to uh, coerce them into doing otherwise. So unfortunately, that uh, is one. But for the same reason, I oppose the state forcibly stopping me. I also oppose Walmart from stopping me and Amazon. So I just hold them to the same standard I'd hold anyone else. Yeah, choice is bad, but it doesn't give me the right to go around violently dominating Johan Norberg. I'm going to need to see a copy of the book before I allow <laughs> it to be published because you have too many choices with what you want to write about so uh that, that yeah, that's it's always answer. the other guy's choices that's a problem right it's never <laughs> yeah. your own that has to be restricted of it's, course 